Welcome to Growth Hack by Poppy Digital. Tips and tricks to master the algorithms from industry insiders. Now here's your host, Julian Espinoza. Welcome back to Growth Hack, where we break down marketing channels like Google, Facebook, Instagram, and show them how to make them work for you. We have a treat for you today. Facebook ad strategy. Businesses are not all the same, and there isn't a one-size-fits-all to a Facebook ad strategy. I recently listened to a podcast that broke down strategy into a matrix chart with four quadrants. Bear with me here. The top right quadrant is high competition and high average selling price. An example is like an expensive SaaS product like Salesforce. While the bottom left quadrant is low competition and low average selling price like a local restaurant. Today we bring on Ben Heath to talk about how we need to reconsider our Facebook ad strategy based on our average selling price and the level of competition in our market. Ben is a Facebook advertising expert, speaker, content creator, and founder of Lead Guru, a specialist Facebook advertising agency. Welcome, Ben. Thank you very much for for having me. Excited to uh, to get into some stuff. Very excited to have you. So we're going to get right into it. Strategy is very boring. Why should we pay attention to it with Facebook ads? Yeah, it's a good question. I think I'm one of those weird people that naturally find strategy a bit more interesting than most. I was always like, you know, playing strategy games as a kid and things like that. But at the end of the day, if you're not interested in strategy and you're thinking, as you said, why should I care? If you don't get the strategy right as your sort of base level, it doesn't matter what else you do. It's just not going to work. It doesn't matter how good your ads are. If you don't get it's, it's almost like a foundation for a house, right? It doesn't matter how nice the, the bathroom is if the foundation doesn't work. It's going to fall down. So that's why strategy is important. The whole, everything else is, uh, is built on top of that. So what about a business would affect your ad strategy? Yeah. So for me, there's two major factors. Um, and we've, you know, been through this so much because as, as myself, I own a Facebook ads agency. We work with tons of different clients, all sorts of different businesses. So we've had to work out, okay, why do certain businesses need this approach? Why do certain businesses need this approach? And we've narrowed it down to two factors. The first being competition. How much other Facebook advertiser competition is there in your target market? You know, for some businesses, that's going to be pretty small. There might only be a handful of other um, competitors advertising similar products or services. But for others, that's going to be massive. It's going to be tens of thousands of people offering very similar products or services. So the the level of competition is going to be a big influence on what you need to do on the platform to see great results the other one is average customer value so likewise some facebook advertisers are going to be advertising products usually products sometimes services but usually products at the very low end so it might be 20 30 dollars something like that other facebook advertisers are going to be advertising services that cost a hundred thousand dollars so depending on what it is you're advertising how much it costs that again is going to massively affect your strategy because the strategy that works for a you know, a $20,000 service is not the one you want to use for a $20 product and vice versa. When it comes to competition, what are the differences? So like you've got low competition and then you've got high competition, you've got maybe mid competition. What, what, what do you change in your strategy when you're thinking about low competition versus high competition? So what does low competition do? And then what does high competition require you to do? Yeah. So low competition is obviously the easier of the two. It's the easy option. And the it's easy in that sense to stand out, to differentiate yourself. Often, if you're in a low competition target audience 
environment on Facebook, just advertising is enough to stand out from the rest of people and make prospects want to work with you, buy your products instead of someone else. So there's often very little you need to do to stand out when it comes to low competition and differentiate yourself. The opposite is obviously true with high competition. If you are, for example, selling jewelry via Facebook ads, there's a good chance that you are competing against 10,000 plus advertisers also selling jewelry. So in that sense, there's a whole bunch of things you need to do to grab people's attention and differentiate yourself from the target market. There's a number of options. It could be ad creative. Perhaps you um, use different, exciting, eye-catching ad creative that's going to stand you out from your target market. Perhaps it's the quality of your products. Perhaps it's price. One of the things we often like to do, for example, is to use influencers in a certain space to advertise in high competition environments, because we know that if someone's been searching for, you know, a necklace for their wife, for example, and then they're on Facebook the next day and they're seeing all the necklace related ads, if one's got an influencer in that might that person might recognize, that's going to immediately draw you out from the competition as opposed to the other side of things. So with it, if you're in a high competition environment, there's a, a bunch more hurdles you need to jump through to differentiate yourself. Right. So if I'm hearing you correctly, if you're in a low competition market, just the fact that you're advertising on Facebook um, is is good, right? Often, yeah. If you're in the high uh, competition, you're going to have to really get creative and some tactics like you mentioned, using influencers and getting some really creative ads. So can you define to us what low competition looks like and what high competition looks like? So someone could diagnose for themselves, are they in low competition? They may be in a high competition market, but their advertising on Facebook might be low competition and they don't know. How would they diagnose which of the two are they? Obviously, there's a sliding scale. You know, there's going to be very low all the way up to very high and everything in between. But we roughly distinguish between low and high, the two different options. I think that's a good way to go about it. And the easiest and quickest way to think about this is where you advertise. If you advertise on a local basis, you almost certainly have relatively low competition. If you advertise nationally or internationally, you almost certainly have high competition. There are going to be exceptions to that. So there are going to be certain, um, you know, industries and target audiences that you might offer your product or service to, you know, half the planet but there's only a few advertisers but for the most part that's going to distinguish because if you're advertising in your local city even if it's a large city you're probably still looking at less than a hundred other advertisers advertising a similar product or service to you sometimes it's gonna be more than that if it's a massive city but roughly if you're advertising something internationally to say you know we have businesses we work with where their total addressable audience might be 300 400 million people they are also being reached or advertisers trying to reach them from all those locations as well. So you have all those people to to um, compete with. So it's, it's a fairly rough estimation, but it does work. Local, low competition, national, international, high competition. Right. Now let's take a, a product category because there's a lot of people in the e-commerce space and a lot of our audience are in the e-commerce space. And let's say their their market is a it's a niche within a niche and um there is a few competitors inside that niche um how what do we do like can we just count how many of advertisers there are uh can we use a tool to identify this how, how do we how do we identify that yeah if you're gonna fall or you think you may fall into one of those exceptions and you want to sort of further investigate um the facebook ad library would be the best way to do that so i would identify 
um, a number of competitors that you probably already know about if you're operating in that space or spend a bit of time in Google trying to work out, okay, who sells a product or service that's pretty similar to me? Head into the Facebook ad library and check out are businesses in my space advertising? And I wouldn't necessarily go for a specific number of, okay, this many advertisers means I'm high or low competition. You're sort of more getting a sense and a feel for it. If you find 20 businesses that are advertising similar products or services to you, you can't really find any more. And then you head over to Facebook and most of those aren't actually advertising on Facebook or Instagram. That's a good indication that you've got low. So we're often getting a feel for it as opposed to exact science and exact number, because in some markets you are going to run into the, the thousands, tens of thousands of of advertisers. You don't want to go through and count every single one of those, you know? Right. So uh, here's a tactic. You, it sounds like you can go to Google and look at your competition and you should probably already know who your competitors are. So that, that would be a good place to start. But let's just say you wanted to expand your search beyond the people you know, go into a Google search, maybe look at the first three, four pages of Google, get a list of, of competitors. And then you're talking about library, this library. Um, for our guests that don't know, uh, our listeners that don't know what this library is, can you tell us a little, where is this library and how do they get access to it? Yeah, so if you, provided you're logged into your Facebook um, profile, if you search for uh, Facebook ad library in Google, it'll pop right up, you'll be able to go direct link to check it out. And the Facebook ad library is a place where Facebook have made all currently live Facebook and Instagram ads visible. Um, it's part of their sort of privacy related stuff where they want to show that they're transparent and they're showing people what their advertisers are doing on the platform. But it's also a fantastic place to go get competitive analysis done as a Facebook advertiser because you can see if you have the name of a business on Facebook, you can see exactly how many ads they're running, what those ads look like, even where they're sending people. So you can check out landing pages, sales pages. It's, uh, yeah, if people are thinking about Facebook ads or they're already running Facebook ad campaigns, it's well worth spending an afternoon in the ads library checking out what your competitors are doing. I think we can thank, correct me if I'm wrong, we can thank the 2016 American election because of that. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then the fallout um, in sort of early 2018. And yeah, that was definitely the, uh, the, the thing that made Facebook go, aha, we need to make this all more transparent. So yeah. Advertisers got a cool tool. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, so yeah. what's inherently instinctive to me is profit margin. And I don't know from day one, I've always been talking about profit margin and understanding my customers. Profit margin, we use tools like ROAS, return on ad spend, right? So I think I've heard you talk about average selling price and you mentioned it on the, earlier on the show. Can you talk to us about average selling price and the factors that play into your Facebook ad strategy? If you are offer, offering something that's relatively inexpensive, the barrier to entry is much lower. You have to do a lot less convincing. Um, and that has a big impact on how often you need to put your business, your products and services in front of your customers. It also has a big impact on how long the process is going to last. Um, so that really affects strategy. So if it's, you know, let's say you're selling a $30 product, for example, for most of your target market, that's going to be an impulse purchase. And your marketing message wants to be around that. It also, you also want to be using a very direct style of campaign. It's often as simple as a one-step sales funnel with an ad of the product, highlighting its benefits and features, getting people to come through and purchase it. 
if you've got a much higher average selling price, you know, let's take a $10,000 service, someone is very unlikely to buy that simply off one ad that they saw one time and they don't know your company from, from any other business. That person, to get to the point where they're willing to purchase that level of product or service from you is going to need a lot more convincing. So that's where we're going to employ multi-step sales funnels. We're going to use a lot of retargeting. Often we're going to use what I call an omnipresence content strategy where we're simultaneously advertising a number of different ads to that uh, target audience that are designed to tick a number of boxes. So we're going to have, say, video content that delivers value, that demonstrates expertise, that perhaps includes testimonials from previous customers. That's all stuff you don't need to do if you're selling a $30 um, e-commerce product. And you don't want to do because the cost of that is going to eat into your margins or maybe even make it unprofitable to advertise. But if you do have that higher average customer value, you need to tick those boxes. What's interesting is it almost sounds like you've got, you've got uh, when you've got high competition, and you've got uh, a high selling price. That kind of is a recipe for having to be some of the most creative Facebook ads uh, that you have to have. Does that sound right? Yes, I'd say so. Yeah, and and the businesses that fall into that category tend to be um, course providers. You know, you've got a lot big target market. A lot of people also trying to sell courses, training programs, coaching these sorts of expertise based services. You normally got a high price associated with them. So standing out in that sort of industry and then also convincing your target market that you have the expertise, you can deliver the results better than your competitors is certainly a challenge. The rewards can be massive, of course, because your customers are worth a lot to you. You normally have a large market, which is why there's high competition in the first place. So it can work out well, but yeah, it can be tricky. So I want to go into some examples and we're going to just use very general examples of uh, industries that everyone can sort of relate to. Uh, and then I want you to talk sort of about what a strategy looks like that. Would they be high, uh, low, and so on? So let's start with the uh, pet toy industry. Um, what What's a Facebook ad strategy for the pet toy industry? Yeah, so... Pet toys is usually going to be low average customer value, um, particularly if you're not factoring in many years of transactions because you'd hope to get repeat business in that sort of industry. Um, and there's going to be a lot of competition. You know, if you're selling pet toys, there's probably thousands of other advertisers on Facebook and Instagram selling similar um, products. So if you've got um, low average customer value, high competition, I think one of the approaches you need to take is a longer term approach around your entire Facebook ads model. So you're going to have to go with a direct to offer strategy to begin with. So that's specifically trying to get people to purchase your product from one campaign, not having many layers or, or steps that people need to go through in terms of a sales funnel. So we're just looking to acquire customers with a direct to offer campaign. It's going to be a conversions campaign, going to send people directly from the ad to your website to get them to purchase. Now, the long term approach of something, a business like that, where it would come in, and this is a conversation I'd be having with my clients is, look, we're going to try and be profitable on this first campaign, but it might be very difficult to do that on these initial transactions. Um, let's aim for break even. If we beat that, fantastic. But let's aim for break even. Let's go ahead and acquire as many customers as we can, thousands, even tens of thousands of customers. And then over the next 12 months, we are going to retarget these people who have bought from us for one toy. Because if, you know, if they've got a dog, if they've bought one toy, I know I, I've got a dog, I'd be 
buying him things all the time. You want them to be buying again in two months time, in three months time, and that's where we're going to generate the profit. So that would typically be the approach we take. And we can use different methods. Once they're our customer, we can use different methods offline to, to market them or online. We can use email marketing, right? And upselling them in different ways and, and then cash in on the customer that we've acquired, right? And, and the high cost that costs us to acquire that customer. So that makes a lot of sense. So let's take um, a SaaS product like Salesforce. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so Salesforce, again, is gonna be relatively high competition. Um, perhaps not as much, well, clearly not as much as the pet toys example, but I would still, but there's high average customer value. So I would still say that you need to do quite a lot to stand out. I mean, Salesforce themselves have such a big brand that that's going to really differentiate them. So them as an example might find it a lot easier to stand out from the competition that may be able to offer similar type things. Um, but if you take a, a business that perhaps didn't have their brand that operated in the same space, it's high competition, it's high average customer value. So you need to take an approach like an omnipresence content campaign. That's where you would be um, targeting your target market. We'd usually have, say, eight to 14 different ads live at any one time. We would refresh those ads, let's say, every two to three months. And each ad would be designed to do a specific thing that's going to help move your prospect from not knowing who you are to where they're willing, willing to work with you and pay a significant amount of money. So we would have an ad, ads that just deliver value, just pure content that can help your target market achieve some of the stuff they want to achieve. We would have client testimonial ads in there. We would have um, things that demonstrate your expertise, all sorts of things like that to tick that box and expect that process to take a while. Particularly if you don't have much brand value coming into it, you might need to advertise to a target audience for six months in a space like that before they're willing to purchase from you at the sort of price you're gonna be working with. All right, and the last one, let's take an app that focuses on mental health. What would they be selling off the back of that? And what would the price point be? It would be a subscription. Oh, these are good questions. I like it, Ben. It'd be a subscription and it's call it uh, $5.99 a month. $5.99 a month. That would come under a pretty similar approach to the pet toys example, where we're going to be going direct to offer. Um, there's less competition in that space than there is obviously in the pet toys, but there's still going to be significant competition for that sort of thing. There's um, a large addressable target market. Your price point is relatively low. So what we'd be looking to do would be to perhaps acquire, well, we'd be looking to acquire as many customers as possible with a direct to offer style campaign. We would be looking to um, almost certainly not break even on that first month, but we might have a setup where, okay, if we can break even on the first three or four months, and then the objective being let's, instead of generating repeat purchases, let's deliver a good enough product to keep that person for 18 months on average. And the profit again is made in, in those latter months. So it'd be a similar approach, even though it's a different, it would still come under that same category as the pet toys for us, even though it's a quite a different industry. Well, I appreciate you uh, letting us run through our little boot camp. That was, uh, that was fun. <laughs> sure. So if someone wants to learn more about Facebook ad strategies, I, I think I heard you had a, a webinar, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's right. I got a webinar called Three Killer Facebook Ad Strategies to Double or More Your Revenue. And it breaks down, it's based on some of the stuff we've talked about, and it breaks down the exact sort of sales funnel structures, things like omnipresence content, direct to offer, and some, some other stuff. 
Is there any collateral that that you can get from that webinar? Like a like, do you have a, a one sheeter on that breaks this down? Or yeah, so the webinar goes through a slide process, and you can download those. Uh, they, they get sent to you afterwards if you if you go ahead and watch it, and you can download those and run through exactly how those work and see them visually. I think I'm going to have to go sign up. Where do I go? Yeah, it's leadguru.co.uk, which is .co.uk if you're not in the in the UK forward slash growth hack. All right, Ben, thanks for having you on the show and I appreciate you uh, jumping on here. Awesome. Thanks for having me.